calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune into the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I bring you a message, a message few of you will be able to believe, a message of great importance, a message I alone was able to read in the fires of the universe. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy. Four, five, six. So uh, how did you guys meet? It's really funny, actually. Like, I was not into him at first. He used to shoot spitwads at me in Spanish class, which is, like, so junior high. But then one night, I was brushing out my hair when I got home, and I found this spitwad, but it was really a note, and it said, what's up? And I was like, that is so cute. And then I liked it. And now, a name from the past from WAVA that I like, Flash Phillips. Yeah. I like, but again, you got soft sounds there, but it's yeah. a catchy name. What yeah, if Flash they, Phillips work in today's market? But a, but no, no, not, because right? Flash Phillips was fired after he was on Unsolved Mysteries. Our feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure that's accurate. Petey used to go by Flash Phillips. <laughs> wow. Who's that talking about you? I got a note from uh, Kevin, our old friend uh, Todd Fisher, a sure. few days ago, who had been listening to a podcast of a uh, show out of Washington D.C. <laughs> and they were remini- They had a, a they had a big a big voice guy in who does hundreds of radio stations in production jingles and everything else. And they were talking to him about what makes a good radio name names that work. I got you. Names they don't. So they were getting into some of their favorites from the past, and somehow Flash Phillips popped into this dude's head. And Todd was kind enough to alert me to it, and I was not expecting that that was where the conversation That's was going to so go. That's so funny. funny. Plus, you got fired after that Unsolved Mysteries thing? Bummer. First of all, that was Mark and Brian, and you know that. And it, <laughs> nothing annoys me more than when people confuse us with Mark and Brian after that awful thing they did. It's unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. That's, that's why they're not on the air, is because of Unsolved Mysteries, because they got fired. Right. We're fine. All we did was make fun of them. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was a little bit of a, uh, a, little bit of a surprise. Good times. Morning, everybody. It's a brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It is Thursday, February 21st. How's everybody handling the deep freeze across <laughs> Southern California? These are legit temps, right? Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, I know people make fun of it, but it's... It's been freezing cold. It's actually cold. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been seeing a bunch of pictures on social media of people who live in different parts of the of the Southland and, you know, 33 degrees in yeah. some cases. Yeah. It's snowed and in Vegas, right? Yeah, still mm-hmm. snowing in Vegas. And There's a lot of problems going over the grapevine. The grapevine is, yeah, a couple of inches already yeah, yeah. today. Problems so. on the Donner Pass, and we know how that ends, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yum. Uh, when's it all supposed to end? I mean, it's it's almost March. Uh, it's honestly, winter. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, this is our first it is February. real winter right, in this is, decades. This feels is very like. unusual, though. Well, as we know, yesterday was Hootie Who Day. Right. Uh, right. So I think that post Hootie Who, it should start mm-hmm. to heat up a bit. Yeah. But wait, okay. did you go out at noon and do your thing? Oh, I didn't. Clearly, I have to. 
What do you mean you didn't? What are you I didn't. Do? What are you talking about? Because I thought Kevin. it was just a stupid. What? That's what brings on spring, Kevin. Kevin, as you know, Chip may die now. I what? Yeah, we were supposed that's to, part we of were it. supposed to all do it. I thought it was I just hooty hoo, mother effer yesterday. Yeah, you did. And now, but I thought we were all having a laugh. No, mm. we were having a laugh because it is fun. Dead. Wow, <laughs> we lost Chip because of you. Oh, or, I mean, it's up. It's in the air. That's in the air. And now, do we get spring? You mean ever? Yes. You're like our, now. You're the groundhog. Wow. <laughs> That's bad news for everyone. Uh, Christine says uh, I have my full parka on and a thermal and a scarf and fleece thermal tights on. Hmm. That's a bit much. However, <laughs> they do pretty much break the air conditioning in uh, set on like forty. In but the office? Just yeah. in that office. Right, only. It's it's controlled somewhere else in the building, yet that office is an icebox. Everywhere else, there's like, I dare I say hot pockets, <laughs> but there's like lovely warm pockets throughout the building. Then you go in that office, you're like, what, what is happening? Yeah, she yeah. is dressed like the brother in Christmas Story today. <laughs> Can't put her arms down. <laughs> She's just sort of waddling in. <laughs> it's a freezer. Hey, um, here's a story we've been trying to get to. Uh, both Allie and I have been trying to get to this for the last few days and haven't. But today is the day. And Jensen, I think you in uh, particular will appreciate this one being a movie head. Mm-hmm. The Departed. I think we can all agree. One of the best movies ever, right? Great yeah, it was film. great. Mm-hmm. 2006, Martin Scorsese. Uh, remake of a Japanese movie. It uh, grossed about $300 million at the box office. Did it win a bunch of Oscars? I feel like it should have if it, it didn't. did, yeah. It did. Okay, good. Well... One people love this movie, but have had many fans have had one complaint about the movie ever since it came out, <laughs> which is a very literal scene at the very end of the movie, the last scene of the movie. The whole film, mobsters are trying to uncover who's who the rat is in their midst. Okay, and in the very last scene of the film, Martin Scorsese decided he was going to really drive that point home. By literally having a rat scamper across the frame. It's, so, it's like rat tattooing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's also he's cooking. Been, he's just going to work. <laughs> and Pat Oswald's like, like, that was the departed. People have been like, hey, um, you kind of have already made the point for the last two and a half hours. It's a real lack of subtlety, I guess, is what they're saying. And it, for some people, it ruined the movie. I know you find that hard to believe, Kevin, but there's some people who are like, oh, man, that yeah, just ruined the whole movie because it's insane. so dumb. So this guy has a Kickstarter campaign on. <laughs> His name is Adam Sachs, and he has decided that he is going to pay a dude to digitally <laughs> alter the movie and take the rat out. Come on. He's taking the rat is out. Is every other okay. problem in his life solved? Possibly. Well, I mean, this is important to him, I guess. Adam should try sex. <laughs> <laughs> and this reminded me of, and you remember how controversial it was when George Lucas ruined our childhoods, not only with bringing back the original terrible prequels, but also going back to the Star Wars canon movies and and... And tinkering with them. Even worse, when they re-released E.T. and they took mm-hmm. out all the guns and put walkie-talkies in their hands. That's right. Steven Spielberg is guilty of it as well. Yeah. Remember the Star Wars when... Remember? <laughs> Just ruined that whole scene. <laughs> so, I don't know how Martin Scorsese will feel about this, but what Adam Sachs is doing is he's got this GoFundMe or Kickstarter campaign. He says he needs $4,000 to get the job done. He is going to pay an actual digital effects artist $599 to do it for him. And the reason he chose that number is because if you pay him $600, you have to turn in a 1099 form at the end of the year, and that's too much work for him, he says. <laughs> he plans to hire an intern to burn copies of his newly edited masterpiece and promises to pay them fairly. And then you can contribute to this if you're interested. 
If you contribute a dollar, he will thank you in his heart. <laughs> if you can send, Plus, if you're dumb. <laughs> if you can contribute twenty dollars, he'll send you a before and after screenshot of one frame of the rat's removal, yes. so that you can see it before and after, and then you can just imagine what the rest of it, it looks mm-hmm. like. For seventy bucks, though, he promises to buy you a legal Blu-ray copy of The Departed, and this is why I thought of you, Jensen. Mm-hmm. And then replace the disc with the ratless version and send it back to you. I wonder... Now, wouldn't you want to have both in your collection, Jensen? Yeah. Number one, I want rat and post-rat. I definitely yeah. want both. Uh, so I guess I would have to buy another Departed copy, have the original, then send him a new one, and then now I have both. But right. also, I, I don't want, think you I have to send rat... him one. You would just have to send him 70 bucks. He'll buy one oh. and then send you back the ratless version. Then, yeah, I have to have both. Sorry. you got to yeah. have both. Yeah. yeah. And also, I'd like to have uh, maybe... A picture in the corner of the artwork that's just like a Ghostbuster sign with a rat waving in it. So I that like I, it. so that I know which one is which. Yeah, you're you gonna have to know. start a GoFundMe though if you're gonna accomplish all that. All right, Adam, yeah. I'll thank you in my heart. Right. <laughs> so will will enough people contribute to this to make this happen? Yes, absolutely. I assume they will, but I can't imagine who they are. There are way stupider ideas that get funded on <laughs> Kickstarter. I think it's I think it's pretty funny. Me too. And I think it's, Kind of genius, too. I think it's funny and genius, but would I send them $20? No. Is there anything else off the top of your mind that you would want removed from a film? This is what made me start thinking about this. I wonder if there's a phone Mm. topic in that, because there are people who just are driven crazy by a scene in a movie. I know one. Yeah. I I'm in a rare camp that doesn't think Garden State is as bad as everyone else does because a lot of people I like Garden State. Uh, me too, but it's aged ba- poorly, like pop yes. culturally. Yeah, and one of the reasons is that scene where they're sitting around and they're like, uh, "Oh, have you ever heard the shins?" And then he hands hands she hands him mm-hmm. the headphones, and she's like, mm-hmm. "He's like that just changed your life or whatever." And it's like people hate it because it's so because of that. Yeah, yeah. So I would want to just have it be like, have you ever heard? And when they're handing over the headphones, it's like Busta Rhymes, like a new, <laughs> like a new artist is an updated, in. yeah, like something thing. that just isn't as twee and corny, right? That would be although it. that kind of made the shins, and I mean that broke yeah. them wide open. Yeah, no, I don't, I, but I, I don't like it. You don't like it, okay? And by the way, but, a lot of people didn't like it. It was kind of like a, it was a, a well-known scene. People thought was kind of gross. Yeah. Bless you. I can't believe that's real. That's a real sneeze. Rhymes, you're, is that where you're going with, though? No, no. <laughs> Are you going to give was, that some more thought? No, that was just that was just off the top of the head. But I, okay. I, I, I would like it to be my Kickstarter that you can tell me what artist you want to add in. So it'll be different for everyone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, for example, like, have you ever heard, you know, Kings of Leon? Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, voice, you could tailor like you to anybody's it. taste. Yeah, have you ever I, heard? I like it. Kendrick Lamar. Well, I expect that Adam Sachs will get a cease and desist from Warner Brothers yeah. and probably won't be able to do any of this. But yeah. I did want to bring it up. If you want to look at look for it, by the way, it's Erase the Rat in the Departed. That's the name of the GoFundMe. By the way, not only did The Departed win Oscars, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Film Editing, and Best Supporting Actor. So clearly it needs to be changed. <laughs> it ran the board. I'm not saying I know Martin Scorsese in any way, shape, or form, but don't you think he'd find this very amusing? Yes, like, yeah, he would do. think that was I mean, really look at the funny. man's eyebrows. He has a sense of humor. <laughs> Thank God, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we? You stanky-ass white man. Yes. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> uh, our friend Cal Penn joins us in studio today. Great. Love him so much. He's very talented and very smart. Yeah. It's Thursdays. By the way, just quick. Who would have thought when you saw Harold and Kumar that that dude would end up mm-hmm. working for Obama and Never being in a, million a years. great political mind? Right. Yeah. Yep. Never in a million years. He's doing it. Uh, Thursdays means get up on this with Jensen Carp. Mm-hmm. You have a guest? Yes. Today, guest is that what I hear? Coming in. 
Um, we're going to talk all about the uh, big Duke-North uh, Carolina game last night. And Zion Williamson, man, he went off from uh, what I hear. Yeah, for 33 seconds. Boy, did he look good. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, somebody in this room knows he is to blame as well. Uh, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about that, yeah. guys. Yeah. I can't Somebody put the full jinx on. Uh, All right. He will shoulder some of it. I have to. But I have to shoulder a tiny bit for what I said. <laughs> we both did it. Oh, my God. Also, you may... I might we'll have pushed it. it o- yeah. yeah. We'll get into it. I'm sorry, Zion. Plus, uh, Stephen Merchant joins us in studio. Wow. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. too much show. Very much excited show. about that. And we continue with K-Rock Wheels Up 2019 Destination number 5, which is Beck and Cage the Elephant in Toronto. Your chance to win is coming up this morning on the Kevin and Bean Show. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Allie is here with our first look at what's happening on the Kevin and Bean Show. want to give you... Uh, a Jesse Smollett update. Oh. He turned himself in at 5.15 this morning. He made a statement to police before being taken into custody. He's charged with one count of felony disorderly conduct for filing a false police report, punishable by up to three years in prison. And Fox is considering suspending him now. What? <laughs> you no. think? I mean, he physically can't get to the studio today, so it might be a good time to do it. I mean, this, uh, uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I don't, I Give don't. Give the maximum. I don't understand Still it. Still no real motive. Real, uh, it, no nothing real makes sense motive. Yeah. It's just, it's so gross. And the damage he has done to victims uh, in the future is just, Actual it's victims, immeasurable. Yeah. Drives me crazy. And I just don't understand it. I, I worry that it might be some sort of mental illness. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's for mental illness in a weird way. Like, what other reason can you come up with? I mean, what? Uh, and I attention think, whore? I think a really? lot of times, uh, and more so recently, because it's become so much easier to say, oh, he had a mental illness as an excuse for something. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. people are just assholes. Yeah. Some people that shoot up kids are just pieces of S. And also, there's people, no mental illness. They are pieces of S. So let's tons, stop letting people off the hook. Tons of people with mental illness that don't fake being beat up in the right. streets. Tons of people with mental illness that don't shoot up high schools. Yeah. So, I don't know. This dude, though, good God. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear the full story so that I can try to wrap my brain around it. Yeah. It's very weird. I'm excited to see who plays him in the upcoming Jesse biopic. Can I pitch someone? Yes, Jesse please. Jesse Smollett, make it real weird. That would so be meta. Yeah, just let him play himself. I don't love it. All right. No. Well, Ugh. you are the person who loved the rat in The Departed, so. Really, it was my favorite. I can't believe you didn't win, like, best supporting. Thanks rat, for watching rat The Departed. <laughs> All right, on to some good news, you guys. SNL, March 2nd, John Mulaney. All right. Right? With musical oh. guest Thomas Rhett. What being. I just said, oh. Oh, I thought it was a, oh. No, no, no. No, okay. He uh, was a writer on that show for a number of years. Yeah, head writer. And and, uh, co-created Stefan, one of the greatest SNL characters of all time. Mm -hmm. And he used to put things in the script right before that segment just to make him break, which I think is amazing. How did you say the name, Bean, of the character? Stefan? Yeah. Uh, He said Stefan. Yeah. For sure. Jack Stefan. Yeah. What? I think I have that. Is it on my up? That's. Uh, no. This is the only time I could 
Oh, it's in phase. Oh, you can't really hear it. So but low, I, it's the yeah. only time I could technically use the yeah. Jack Steffen drop, and it didn't work out. So good. <laughs> if you didn't grow up here, you have no idea you what no we're idea talking we're about, and you missed the best commercial ever. <laughs> Jack Stefanovich? Steffen. Jack Steffen. Anyway. Oh, it's just so good. But he played Stefan, is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> uh, March 15th, Idris Elba. All right. <gasps> okay. And musical guest, Khalid. Oh, that's a great one. That's and a good here's one. the thing. Both of them making their SNL debuts that night. That's great. How about that? I'm in, right? Yeah, that sounds great. That is good. So you weren't as excited for uh, the musical guest Thomas Rhett with John Mulaney? N- no. I think he's country. He is. He's okay. big country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big country star. I he mean, is. yeah. Yeah, very big. That, like, huge. I can't but no, believe. I'm not as excited than I, as I no. am as Khalid. Okay. Um, you guys, I just read about this story and I thought, how did I not know this man existed? And now I can't wait to watch this movie about his life. So OBB Pictures has snatched up the rights of Michael Clegg. Do you know who Michael Clegg is? I don't. He's a Catholic priest turned ecstasy kingpin. Whoa. <laughs> what? Did you, you don't hear that every day. This? Mm-mm. No. He's dubbed the ecstasy drug. He dubbed the drug ecstasy or dealt, I think they meant to put, and insisted that it was a conduit to God. So he would deal ecstasy and tell people it was going to make them closer to God. And who would suspect that of happening? Thank you. That's crazy. You guys. Catholic He's not wrong priest. either, by the way, from what I understand about ecstasy. Yeah, if you're well, going to buy ecstasy, buy from a priest. That's right? what I'm saying, right? You yeah. definitely think it's safe. And if he tells you it's going to get you closer to God, I'm believing him. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, crazy. people have done crazier things for priests. No, I didn't mean that. Too, I meant, too no, far, no, 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 no. I meant like. I mean, come no, on. No, I meant something else. Hello. What, what did you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, I remember Dave giving me birthdays. Here it is, everybody. Calm down. Happy birthday. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Kelsey Grammer. Ellen Page. Anthony Daniels. C3PO. That's right. I love him. Tyson. He's been talking about Star Wars. Oh, I thought yeah. you said Tyson. I'm like, oh, no, no. Tyson. Oh. He also played Tyson. No one's listening, right? No. Nobody. Uh, Sophie Turner and Jordan Peele. Great birthday day. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Uh, I've been facing something with my impending child, mm-hmm. who is uh, born in July of this coming, this year. Right. Mm-hmm. And I recently posted a picture. It was a small gif of... Uh, the baby jumping during the sonogram. I don't know if you saw Amazing. it. It was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me, I think, yeah. <laughs> is watching a sonogram and the baby straight up clearly jumping upwards, which uh, even if you Google Scott it, hops. Yeah. it's I've rare. I've never seen anything like it. There's a bunch of people that have had it happen on Google, but uh-huh. not as clear as mine, for yeah. sure. And you're already thinking, this kid's going to play in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Unless which he, would be your yeah. all-time dream. I need to get him the Paul George Absolutely. shoes. I know, I was going to say, unless he <laughs> no. wants to play at the uh, Duke-UNC game, we might be having a problem. Um, um, but yeah, I immediately thought to myself, should I post this? Because it was so cool. It was mm-hmm. like, I was like, this is such a, so I thought about it for a few days, mm-hmm. talked to Danielle about it and was like, do you mind? She says, you know what? It's so rare and so weird. Mm-hmm. Put it up. And I said, great. So I put it up, but I've, I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. Posting a child's image or anything that they've done, even in a sonogram photo without their consent. Without them knowing it. Is fine to me, sort of. 
Except when you really start to think about it, it's strange. And yesterday, an article on The Atlantic came out, uh, and I'm obsessed with it. And it's it's a, a basically about should we be posting so many photos of our children? Because when they hit the age of Google and they're able to type their name in, they realize their entire life has been documented. Talks yeah. about an 11-year-old just Googling herself and yeah. she's and she's furious about it you know she and a 14 year old also they 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 don't want people to know they know spanish <laughs> so why did you post that when i was five or embarrassing photos or embarrassing videos these children already have digital footprints um 92 of toddlers under the age of two have a unique digital identity at, at two years wow. old. Um, and, and by that, do you mean just that they have uh, photos and information about them online? Or do you mean that their parents have already secured for them their Instagram name and their Twitter name and their Facebook name and stuff like that? Well, there's a term already for it, and that's called sharenting instead of parenting. Sharenting. <laughs> uh, and, and basically, yes, it's a lot of parenting, but also even on a smaller scale, things that aren't so, I guess, personal. But even like your little league might post a photo of you and tag mm. you when you're seven or six years old. Or your preschool posts a lot of pictures of you on their Facebook. And it's I guess it's like waking up one day with the ability to find out what am I I'm not going to google my name and mm-hmm. then find out there are, you know, dozens of personal uh things about you on the internet has Now do you think most kids would be upset by that cuz most kids are kind of obsessed with themselves, right? Well, and- yeah, well both there in this article by the Atlantic both are sort of represented. There are kids who are absolutely mortified and asking their parents to take stuff down. And then there are other people who are like I like the clout. You know, like I, I, I'm the new Chloe. You know, like oh, no. those, by the way, if you read those the article, people scare me more. I was yes. going to say, if you read the article, you will definitely pick a side. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they don't like having anything posted without their consent, and it made me think: Is this something we should be thinking about? I I started thinking about this because if, especially in this day and age, if you are being set up with someone, you Google them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's usually not that much you can find out. Um, You can find their Facebook, whatever, their social medias, that type of thing. But it's their own. But it's their own. Yeah. But in 10, 15 years, these kids are going to be like, oh my God, you got a puppy when you were seven? That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, I saw when your tooth fell out. Yeah, Yeah. that's all on. Oh, you peed your pants when you were nine? Exactly. (laughs) That's fun. I saw the, the note, the school wrote when you were kicked out like the, every single thing is going to be googleable well, and that's terrifying they've already done things about it some elementary schools are rolling out what they're calling digital literacy programs and these are uh, not only teaching kids like whatever you put on the internet stays up forever but also maybe talk to your parents about what you feel comfortable with being shared online or not also um, in Europe they've ruled that the internet providers must give users including mostly children the right to be forgotten which is in quotes. So the idea being a kid can say, please remove these things to the government and those things get removed. Also in France, a strict privacy law means that kids can sue their own parents for publishing intimate or private details of their lives without consent. This is going to get real ugly. This is going to get ugly quick. This could get ugly. And and I'll tell you, just to defend the parents for a minute here, I don't think any of these parents have ill intent or in most cases put anything up that shows their child in a poor light. And I also think that what's happened is... What, your birthday party, your six-year-old birthday party, used to be paper film that they, they, mm-hmm. they put an album. They used to put in an album yeah. or put in frames on the wall. But that's not how anyone shares photos anymore right. or saves photos anymore. Is just we all do it digitally. I don't think I don't think they have evil intentions when no. they do it. And listen, at I, all. no, but you could cause a lot of harm without having evil intentions. True. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's it, well, that's what one kid says in the article is basically like, I know it's not a big deal for my mom to post a picture of me dancing in a diaper, but like, also, I don't want it. 
I don't want it on the internet. Yeah, when you're running for president and all these things are coming back to you, like, oh, here you are picking your nose and eating it. They they don't want that. No one wants it. Um, Also, I would not vote for that guy. I know that. I would. There is a uh, parenting uh, blog woman who posted recently in a Washington Post essay about her 14-year-old being completely mortified by what was shared uh, of her during the year she, you know, was just a little kid. And the mom says, and I wanted to get your opinion on this, the mom says that she's, you know, I'm going to stop posting. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted my daughter to know that shutting down a vital part of myself would be not posting pictures of you. And it's not necessarily good for me or you. Good do you, God. Do you guys wow. think that not posting pictures of your kids in very cute ways or, like, does that stop the process of having a kid to you? According to her, that's a, all about the, you know, trying to one-up your friends situation. This is that, just that self-involved mom, parents that yeah. don't care about their kids. That what what are you going to do? I don't know in yet. In that that's case, it's not out. just about the kids. That's how most people think it yeah. doesn't really count unless you put. I didn't really go to that concert or it mm-hmm. wasn't worth it unless I put pictures up. Right. So here's the two things see. I'll say. One, my kid is screwed, period, because as soon as it's born, it's everywhere. Like, because of my wife. Well, your kid's going to be on drop the mic at six months. Yeah, please. I'm trying to make dough. Um, And so I I know that's a problem. So I don't don't, don't live in the same universe sort of for that. I can't stop it. Wish I could. Um, But I will say, every one of our friends probably does this. I can't think of many people. Absolutely. I, even the people I love and the people mm-hmm. who I think have great decision-making and judgment have made the decision to post everything about their kids. It It is going to be a problem. That's shocking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely second-guessed what I'm going to do now. I think it's... I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. I think it's something people should think about before they just reflexively put everything up online. And being just laughing. I say, stop having kids. That's what I, I was going to say. That's the answer. We have two, right? uh, two out of four of us here. Amen. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a uh, GoFundMe page created by a listener of ours. Mm-hmm. I'm starting this GoFundMe to help a great man, Gene Bean Baxter. Oh. Mm-hmm. A very well-respected Radio Hall of Fame personality in Take Los Angeles, easy. California, mm-hmm. on Kevin and Bean's show in K-Rock. About a month ago, this great man was scammed out of 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was at his home in New Orleans, Louisiana, when a knock on his door changed his life forever. The man standing at his door said he needed some money to get his truck running, and he would return to reimburse Bean for his good deeds. So Bean gave the man the money, and he has not been seen since. So every day, Bean walks the streets with his nunchucks, looking for the man <laughs> who has $40. This is where we come in. Let's help this great American hero and give him back his 40 bucks. One hundred percent will be given to Bean, and any money over the forty dollars will be given to a charity of Bean's choice. Thanks. Are we helping him when we do that? Because Bean needs to let that go. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I'll never let it go, mm-hmm. as I've told you, and it's right. going to be the last words out of my mouth on my deathbed. <laughs> all right, so I'm canceling the GoFundMe. <laughs> Second of all, Adam Bouchamp from uh, a town I can't pronounce in Missouri. Thank you very much for thinking of me. I think I'll be okay without the forty bucks, but I am. I am going to find that bastard. I'm going to find Here's the thing about finding that bastard is you're Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. I really am, though. Right, but you're not. Um, I put uh, uh, um, 
All right, I'll save that. So thank you anyway for the GoFundMe. I appreciate it so much. Last night was a big night in sports. In fact, Jensen, you would not stop talking about this matchup last night between number one and number eight, Duke versus University of North Carolina. And I don't want people people who don't care about college basketball stick with us because this is worth it. This is is not really just all about sports, okay? You were talking about how this was... Super Bowl-esque in its hype. Like, for a non-playoff game, this was as big as a game has ever been in college basketball. Why? Well, I curate what I talk sports about to people who I know aren't sports heads. Mm -hmm. So, like, in this case, it was very obvious to me that I was like, guys, there's this really great college basketball game on tomorrow. Uh, This is what I was talking about. And it was the best college basketball player arguably ever. Mm -hmm. Zion Williamson is incredible. He's a freshman. Can I ask you a question about yes. that? Because I've seen him play and he does unnatural things. He is and his body is unnatural. Yes. He is a freshman, 18 years old. But he's only a freshman. Old. He's only 18, so... He is 280 pounds. He's 6'7". Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when you look at old pictures of Blake Griffin when he was 18 or LeBron James when he was 18, their bodies aren't what this person's body is. The right. doctors are even saying this is inhuman. Like, you, you, you this is crazy. He's scoring and 20... And strong enough to crush a basketball. And that's a viral photo that's been going around of him grabbing a basketball trying to get it from another player and it's actually denting. The ball is denting. He's like deflating he's the deflating basketball with, with his, his huge paws. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And, and so everyone knows he's the number one pick. This is a once in a lifetime kind of player. 22 points a game uh, for Duke, the best team in, in the, the universe, I think, for college. And uh, it was a big deal. So much so that people were spending an average resale price of $3,300 for tickets. Off the air, we were talking about how the prices had just skyrocketed and the amazing amount of money people were spending just to see that one game. Especially because well, UNC and Duke don't play each other a lot. This isn't right, something right. that happens regular season. So a Super Bowl ticket average resale price, $4,600. So this is extremely close wow. to Super Bowl. You saw uh, Obama sitting in the front row. Yep. Uh, Spike Lee made the trip wearing a Knicks Yeah, he shirt. flew in from New York to see this kid play ball. And it was a big deal. So I told you guys, tune in. I think you're going to love it. It became a bit of a pop culture moment. Everyone mm-hmm. was excited about it. Sure. 36 seconds in. Actually, Duke, the better offensive rebounding team. Usually, that's the North Carolina Tar Heels. Slipping and injured is Zion Williamson. Back the other way, a layup for Cam Johnson. And 36 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson is down. He blew through his shoe. Yeah. Look at his wow. Look at his left shoe. He blew completely through the shoe, and then he started holding his right knee. His foot comes out of his shoe. I've never heard of that. No. That's unbelievable. He broke his shoe with his own foot. Now, uh, has that ever happened before where somebody's shoe has disintegrated just from the sheer force of coming down on the court? Yes. But in that, it does actually happen more than you would think. It happens a couple times a season where someone's shoe kind of breaks. It's usually that the heel comes off. Right. As a shoe head, I know this. That the heel comes off and sort of pops off of the top of the shoe. Mm -hmm. In this case... This it looks like when you rewatch it, it's like his leg powered through the shoe. Yeah, it really it does. Explodes. The whole shoe, yeah. which is slightly different. And and I knew immediately that it was an injury because I, you know, anytime someone grabs their knee or their upper hamstring in basketball, it's usually a bad sign. And then he never returned. And you could tell how awkwardly he landed yeah. in, on that. And then he, and he never, never returned. returned. So how many seconds? Thirty six. Thirty six seconds. Mm. I mean, it is. 
even people who said, oh, imagine people who spent, you know, $5,000 to watch that Super Bowl game and a terrible Maroon 5 performance. <laughs> I think this is worse. Oh, it's so much worse. This, and Obama, as Zion is leaving the court, Obama's going, good luck. Like, it's like <laughs> this is, it was such a sad scene. Uh, was thanks Obama, hashtag thanks Obama, t- uh, trending last night? Well, I'm nervous that people could put thanks Jensen or thanks Alex. <laughs> because, oh, are you guys somehow really responsible? Else. Well... Oh, Jensen was telling me about this kid and then showed me a picture of him. And I was like, that is a grown ass man. Right. Like he's I've never seen anything like him as a freshman. Yeah, but no one has. And I said, watch him break his knee within the first minute, fi- uh, said first minute. minute of yeah. the game. And Holy Jensen's like, Allie. And then we laughed. <laughs> oh, my Jensen, gosh. you called it in the first minute? I said in the first minute. <laughs> wow. Because I knew that this game, like, people were flying in. They were saying it was the busiest day at this airport in a really long time. Yeah. I was like, oh, people are not going to get what they paid for. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm Jensen, sorry. how does Nike handle this well they've put out a statement that basically just says they're looking into the issue obviously it's an isolated occurrence but they want to figure it out but he was wearing a nike uh paul george uh two and a half thunder you know the thunder player paul george he was wearing his shoe in an exclusive duke colorway because duke has a deal with with nike, with nike right uh it's a 12-year deal uh ironically paul george uh you might know as the guy whose knee popped out oh, during geez. a usa basketball game a few years ago yeah so maybe it's a cursed shoe more than a cursed ali mckay <laughs> no kidding yeah. although uh we should close with the tweet of the night. Uh, Puma weighed in, right? Yes, mm-hmm. they 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 t- weighed in for a few minutes, then deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> but they did write this wouldn't have happened if he was wearing Pumas. <laughs> I don't know if that was the tweet of the night or if Carlos Boozer was the tweet of the night. That was pretty did good you too. see that? I don't know if I saw Sweet that. spirit. The ex NBA player Carlos Boozer tweeted, "Get well soon, Zion NPS," which is. Zion National Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are they are they hurting too? <laughs> they lost a shoe as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. Thursday means get up on this. Get up, get on 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 up on this. Hello, everyone. Uh, Very excited to get you up on something this week that I find to be extremely local, but also very important to my development as someone who is able to know things sort of before they hit or things that are that you should know about things sort of about. what this segment is that's it when i was a kid are you revealing a source here jensen absolutely <laughs> when i was a kid every week through college i would fight through usc's campus or go to amoeba music and pick up an la weekly it absolutely. was such an important aspect of growing up in los angeles and having it in your hands and the physical copy and from the articles to the to local politics to going to the back of the magazine and finding out what was performing at the Roxy or Billboard Live or whatever was happening, I learned it through the LA Weekly. Mm-hmm. And recently, a lot of changes, I don't know if some of you have caught up with it, but there's been a, a lot of changes at the LA Weekly that are not necessarily positive things. So it has left us without an ability to have that kind of magazine in our city. So this week, I'm happy to uh, bring in a guest, writer Jeff Weiss, Thank you for coming in, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jeff. And he was an LA Weekly writer himself, and I think I'd rather have him explain what happened over there and what how he's been able to rectify the situation. So I've been running for the LA Weekly for about 10 years, and then in late 2017, it got bought by a bunch of people who, let's just call them Trumpist ghouls. <laughs> and they basically fired 
the entire staff more or less, fired almost every editor, and set off on a campaign of like kind of self-destruction that was sort of like the cheddar bob of journalism. <laughs> yeah, like just shooting, shooting themselves. Themse- shooting themselves constantly. Uh, one of the first things to do was they... Um, they took out an ad looking for free labor from people, and they're like, calling all Angelinos. And then they spelled Angelinos wrong. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. They said LA has no culture compared to New York or San Francisco. All the things that you're supposed to do when you start a new publication right. and trying to endear yourself. They're all, also all from Orange County. They weren't for actually from LA. And uh, my favorite thing about it was actually they... Uh, they tried to like they del- tried to immediately delete their post about calling all Angelinos, and then they deleted it, but they didn't know what a screenshot was. So they start screaming at the poor intern, like, "Why is this still online?" And he's like, "That's a screenshot." You know, basically all kinds of ethical lapses. They at one point we we boycotted them for about six months to about a year. They did all kinds of like grievous journalism ethical lapses. From the boycott, we decided to start the Land Magazine, and it's the my, what now? It's called the Land Magazine. The Land. The Land. That's what I'm getting you up on. And a couple things yeah. before we get into Land. One, LA Weekly has stopped covering any local issues. Yeah. They, they didn't even uh, go over the fires, right? There were no articles about. There was like a photo slideshow. Well, they did have an article this week on Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, good. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? That's the alternative culture that they're promoting. Yeah. Also, Is he okay, by the way. <laughs> He's. Still, I didn't see the article. Okay. Okay. That's not the point. Okay. The, uh, okay. Good. Okay. The, got it. The, the other thing is that you guys started to unmask a little bit of issues with their PR company and what was being covered in the new LA Weekly. Yeah, well, uh, well, they're actually suing each other to dissolve the company because of the pressure from us. I was actually cited in the lawsuit, which Very is cool. my proudest achievement. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. All yeah, right. page one. And uh, basically what happened is the the publisher is a man named Brian Kaye, and it was revealed in this lawsuit, allegedly, air quote, that uh, he was the consultant for a company called Carvana. He was getting paid like something like $120,000 a year. But guess who was getting unbylined reviews in the LA Weekly? Carvana. Mm. So there was a lot of issues. Listen, the point is it became yeah. a tire fire. It was not a good space. And it is a loved, it is a beloved tradition here in LA. It's the opposite yeah. of what it used to be. So Jeff yeah. created The Land. And explain what that is. So The Land is by locals, for locals. It's myself and an editorial collective of six. But uh, the staff is composed, you know, the broader staff is composed of a bunch of former LA Weekly staffers, columnists, people that love the city, really are trying to do kind of the... The stuff that you might not see in a different kind of publication, it goes deeper. Obviously, we have a story on like the last two pioneer chickens left in Southern California, <laughs> which which we all Look, need to know about. Yeah, that's everyone right needs. There. Yeah, our <laughs> most popular story, you know. But interviews, like long form interviews with uh, Roy Choi, kind of in a way that you haven't heard him before. Obviously. From Koji Trucks, yeah, and the rest Koji of Trucks. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories is we have a uh, a story about. Uh, Marisco's truck in Highland Park, but rather than do a normal food review, it's about the family behind it. They come from Sinaloa. Uh, one of the uh, one of the owners is from El Chapo's hometown, but also the son happens to be one of the best narco corrido singers in L.A. So it's kind of how the connection between Marisco's and seafood and narco corridos wow. and uh, and bourbon. It is the smart. <laughs> it is and the bourbon. smart yeah. writing that you wish our city would always have and we were in a major situation where we almost lost it forever and luckily jeff and the five other editors who've now put this together you can get this anywhere correct yeah it's free it's at um, almost every bookstore a record store in la uh we're trying to get places like the new beverly trying to be the places that people actually want to go the old la weekly kind of had stopped because it had been kind of lame kind of corporate ownership but we're trying to kind of bring it back to the original spirit of what it was when it was founded in the, in the 70s and it is gorgeous yeah. first it, of all evan, like evan solano our creative director he's brilliant yeah. And it smells so good. I'm, I'm gonna sorry tell that you, I did. I, I just, yeah. 
Oh. That's it, our next step. We're bottling that inside. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so much. It's more of a magazine. Yeah. It's more of a magazine than the LA, than the LA Weekly. Yeah, yeah. the LA Weekly was a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and and something that I wanted to get you guys up on, so you can start really, I guess, patronizing this magazine, is that you guys didn't do this because you were given a million dollars to start a new magazine. Like the ads are small in the first issue because it's the first issue. But I would love to be part of helping that, you know, sort of build out. Thank you. And that's yeah. what you're doing, right? Yeah, we're trying to make it a nonprofit, and because uh, it's one of the things where you know, I, I, oh, it's I, easy to make a magazine nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got plans. But we're thinking, uh, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like if the LA Dodgers got moved from LA, like there'd be a civic upright. And I think if you have your name, a civic uproar, and I think if you have your name in it, like if you're the LA Weekly, then you got to represent the city, and that's the thing. We have our name in it. It's called the Land. LA is stylized in all caps, and we were accountable to the city, and I want it to be like that. So um, I think we're counting on um, the city to kind of support us and. Thus far, it's been really, really heartening. Can I, so it's so rare to have a story of of new media anymore because yeah. every story you read is businesses closing down, or as you said in the case of the LA Weekly, firing everybody. So this is a step in the right direction. Was this there any fear there? Great news. I mean, yeah. of starting a magazine now. I'm crazy. <laughs> that's, that's what you're, that's what you're yeah. getting. Wrong. But it had to be there a little. Well, yeah. I mean, did I have an anxiety attack watching the Firefest documentary? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> but I'm here and not arrested. All right, Natalie, you had a question. Well, can I just as a as a LA native, somebody that loves my city more than most, like I will fight people. So yeah. They Same. move here, then they they don't make it, so then they start bad mouth my city, beat it, get on a Greyhound, leave. <laughs> that's not my point. My point. Can you maybe do a a whole thing on um, a Jack Stefan and AD Do. Oh, oh yeah, I like, the I like that. Yeah, you mean Jack Stepanovich? Uh, Stefan, <laughs> yeah. Jack Stefan, yes. Uh, yeah. I think. Are, is that going to be kind of the because exactly it's the, the so stu- local the stuff that like only makes sense in LA? Like yes. I'm gonna I want I'm gonna do a have you ever gone to the Dresden to see Marty and Elaine? Uh, yeah, I'm just, like, hello. Yeah, so like for, I did a story for them on LA Weekly, but it was a 600 word thing because they weren't insane. Now I'm like going to do a 5,000 word story on the real Marty <laughs> oh, and Elaine. Like the so true, nuts and I love drinking them. with yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, so, so these are the local oh. stories. Kind of these are yeah. local stories you can find in the land. How can people help? Uh, you can uh, buy an issue to support us at the Land Mag. We have a show uh, this Friday night tomorrow at the Echoplex. It's a charity fundraiser. A bunch of amazing acts: uh, Bass, Open Mike, Eagle, Brandon Coleman from Brain Feeder, some Stones Throw acts, kind of underground stuff, but also like some of the musicians from the issue. We have Andy Hamilton of the Watts Prophets actually doing spoken word because there's an interview with a uh, Andy Hamilton there and that sort of thing. Guys, nice. get smart. We, we can't lose the idea of what LA Weekly was Mm-mm. just because ghouls bought it. And that is my get up on this. Get up, get on 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 up on this. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. A Stephen Merchant. It is. No, what? I recognize that. No, I've seen that dude on That's TV. That's Stephen definitely Merchant him. right there. Yeah. It looks yep. like him, and I think it is him. Okay. Actually. All right. We can accept that. Okay. Hey, uh, writer, director, uh, actor, producer, comedian, Stephen Merchant. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you very much uh, for that. I like to be known as a multi-hyphenate. You are definitely (laughs) that, although we prefer to keep religion out of the show. Um, (laughs) Mr. Merchant is also one of the only non-NBA guests who is taller than I am. So I have a lot of sympathy for how tough his life is walking around. You are 6'7", sir. I am almost there. Uh, How tall are you? you uh, a little over 6'6". Six, six. Uh, oh, bad luck. Wouldn't you give away a few <laughs> inches if you could? Would I give away a few inches? Yes. Um, I would, actually. I think six foot seven is too big. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been most heights. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, as a guy, I thought 6'4 was terrific. I was very happy uh-huh. with 6'4. I okay. would have happily stayed there. You were got, five. Yeah, got to six foot five, <laughs> and that was silly. Yeah. And six foot seven is preposterous. Nothing's made for you. Yeah. Uh, beds no, are too short. Too. Door frames are too low. Mm. It's pretty much everything, yeah. It's it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, living, I'm six, it's living hell. I'm six two, and I block people at concerts all the time. And they sure. now, but could you move over? Would you mind moving? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think you're the two. perfect height. If I had it all to do over again, Thanks, if I got Pete. to choose, I think I would be six two. <laughs> I used to get six two. Yeah, no, I think six four for a man is a really masculine height. You do. Height. You know, that's a really so I'm height. not quite as masculine. Let me tell you about five nine and a half. Oh, what the hell? It's pretty good. Yeah, you're enjoying that. It's all right. Yeah, all right. Well, good luck to you. So, Stephen, when you write, direct, and produce and act in a film. Yes. How many years of your life has fighting with the family taken? I think it's, we're coming up on three years, maybe three and a half. Three and a half years. Uh, yes. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the reasons why I'm not leaping into another movie project because it just is very, very all-consuming and you need to find something you're passionate about because I have been, I've spent a lot of mental energy and physical mm-hmm. energy on this, on this project. Now, at the beginning... You weren't passionate about wrestling or anything like that. <clears throat> Did not know anything about wrestling. British wrestling was very popular in the late 70s, early 80s. My grandfather would watch it. Let me give you a picture of British wrestling. If your idea of wrestling is people like The Rock, ripped dudes doing backflips, right. British wrestling in the 70s was really overweight men <laughs> sort of thwapping their bellies at one another. They had names like there was one guy called Big Daddy. There was a guy called Giant Haystacks because if there's one thing that strikes fear into people it's some hay. And, um, and I used to watch this with my granddad and I'd be like what is this? What is this? Like even as a kid I didn't understand it. It seemed fake. It seemed phony. I, d- I didn't know why it was entertaining and I never got into wrestling. And the WWE wasn't shown in Britain back it, then? It came on TV later in I guess the 80s but it was on uh like uh satellite tv cable tv mm-hmm. we didn't have that in our house okay. so mm-hmm. you know um my dad was not going to spring for that so uh Plus, so i didn't all, see it all the off hours you weren't going to watch rest you weren't going to set your alarm for 4 right, a.m exactly, to that's watch it. it exactly and so i just I, I guess i had a vague sense of who hulk hogan was yeah um but i didn't know anything about it and then this project landed in my lap did not originate with me it originated with my dear friend everyone's dear friend dwayne the rock johnson uh, we did a movie together in 2010 called uh, Name, Ferry. Name drop. <laughs> yeah. Name oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. I'm going to be name dropping Dwayne quite heavily. That's uh, or, or DJ, as I call him. Um, and I've known him for some years now. I knew him when he was still in shape. And, um, and, and he saw this documentary on British TV about this family of wrestlers. Now, did he know that family? Did he, he play a know, role? No, okay. no, no. But he, he, he saw the documentary and he, I think because he comes from a wrestling family, just really fell in love with them, responded to their story, and then became involved with their lives afterwards. And, so um, this was before Paige went to the WWE. The documentary absolutely. Came out. This was a wow. this was about her uh, family, and they are right. all wrestlers, mum, dad, all the kids. And yes. the family dream was to get someone in the WWE, right. which obviously the big leagues for wrestling. And um, and only Paige got signed. The sister she went off. Her brother Zach got left behind. And um, and you and know, took it well. <laughs> well, he's an incredible actor, isn't he? Oh he's terrific. The whole movie, yeah. Stephen. I was not prepared to not only love this movie as much as I did. I cried. Good. It is a tender, beautiful story. Thank it you very much. I, I, I'm not going to say that I cried. You cried. I cried too. It was very <laughs> emotional. <laughs> I also teared up. It was. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, that's a well done movie because it isn't about. And I always feel like you have to say this. It's not about wrestling. No. You don't have to love wrestling to, to love. You this have to have a family. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Sorry, the, the aim was to. The aim was to make a movie. <laughs> 
um, a, that was about wrestling, but that was not only for the wrestling fan. Yeah. You know, because right. I didn't know anything about it, and I fell in love with his family. I love, fell in love with their dynamic, with their dream. Um, and um, so I appreciate And I think, you know, when you say you, you got a little teary, I, I'd like to explain that it's a sort of joyous yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. not like, oh, that was a waste of a hundred well, minutes. When the <laughs> no, whole the family, doesn't die here. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When the whole family perishes in the fire, <laughs> I was like, that is comedy. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Um, no, but it is a very, very sort of tender look at a family yes. who is who's odd and weird and stands out, mm-hmm. but loves each other. Loves each other, yeah. Very much so, yeah. And that was the thing that I responded to, and I went to meet the real family, and um, they were as eccentric and, and colourful uh, as uh, as I had uh, been led to believe and you know within a few minutes the father was telling me about his you know I've been in and out of jail three times before the age of 21 and as his wife Julia sort of leans in and says uh, mainly for violence yes. <laughs> and um, as if she's softening the blow yes. softening the blow exactly and that's uh, in the and end of the movie we put that in the movie because uh, yeah it was in the documentary yeah. as well because they just are so honest and open about their own flaws yes the, they talk about wrestling like a religion like it saved them from darker times it was beautiful. but Stephen Merch who was our guest here on the Kevin Meet Show talking about the film available uh, widely uh, starting today limited release last week now you can see it at theaters all over the place fighting with my family how The Rock sees this documentary out of with all the connections that he has and all the people that he knows how does he pick a pasty British guy who doesn't know anything about wrestling as the phone call to make to say hey we should make this movie together did you forget about Tooth Fairy <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Many have. He acted, he, I'm just saying. Why? Why do you think he chose you? Well, my belief is he wanted a authentic British voice yeah. to to be the person who wrote the script. And, and Edgar he only Wright knows, wasn't available. Well, I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dwayne only knows two British people. Really? I think it's me and Jason Statham. Okay. And Statham has the upper body strength and the charisma, but I have the typing speed. Ah, there you go. Um, I'm 40 words a minute. He can do like 60 sit-ups in a minute. But um, So I, he came to me and, uh, you know, and um, I think he also, he, he wanted, um, you know, because there's a lot of humor in the story. Mm-hmm. The family themselves are very funny in many ways. And I think he wanted that sort of humor, humor sensibility. But I think in all the things I've done over the years, I've always tried to have emotion and heart in it as well um, because I just like the two things working hand but in hand. But I would hand. just like to say this. A lot of people try to do that and fail. Yeah. And this yeah. is succeeded beyond my wildest dreams. Well, I appreciate that, but then not everyone is <clears throat> two-time Golden Globe winner Steve Merchant. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people and forget that, about the second Golden quick... Globe because that was the year that the ceremony was cancelled. Um, <laughs> it just gave them out in a hotel uh, why lobby. Why don't we do it now? Why don't we, we just, they should do it now. I'd like to thank um, <laughs> my parents. Um, God, uh, two-time obviously. Golden Globe winner Steven Merchant is here. The film is called Fighting With My Family. A quick break. More with our guests right after this on K-Rock. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Stephen Merchant in studio with us right now on the Kevin and Bean Show. He is the writer and director of a very funny film with a lot of heart in theaters now called Fighting With My Family. Allie, is this the first time you ever met Stephen Merchant? It's, it's not, Bean. <laughs> oh, really? No, I, uh, I, I met him um, as he was walking by me at a Galaxy game, and I grabbed his arm, stopped him mid-stride, and I said, you're Stephen Merchant. Mm. And you Thanks said, for reminding me. You yeah. said, yes. And I said, you're great. <laughs> and then you walked away, and my friends were like, stop talking to people. Stop it. <laughs> so then, a couple hours later, game was ending. You were walking past the box I was in, and I said, really sorry for interrupting your night. 
and which I'm doing again right now. And I was like, why? No, stop letting me outside. My friends were mortified. And of course you'd never remember that, but I remembered because I was pathetic. Yeah. No, yeah. I do remember the okay. really pathetic yeah. bomb lady. <laughs> I remember saying that really ruined my uh, enjoyment of the game. Did it? Yeah, which was already mediocre. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, wow, I can't okay. believe it was you. It's really yeah. brought that all back. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry for Apologies. the painful memory. Stephen, you get uh, recognized uh, all the time. I imagine it's hard for a guy like you to hide at your height. A- anyway, how, how do you find most fan interactions, here in America especially? I, I, people are very lovely, very polite. I think I'm not a divisive figure, which mm-hmm. is a great relief. True. I think, yeah. you know, if you're a sports star and, and, and someone from a, a, you know, who's a fan of an opposing team, right. I think can be tough, I would imagine. But most people, if they know me at all, they're very, very polite. And they I come did. in, they go, you know, congrats on your two Golden Globes. Things like that. Yeah. Oh, things <laughs> like that. Yeah. Do yeah. they tell you who extras. you are? They will often say that. Okay, yeah, they will. I think okay. I think fans in England are a little more rowdy because there's a way, there's a sort of British way of offering a compliment that sounds like an insult. Okay, you know that will be sort of like some guy in a van will drive by and be like, "Oh, Steve." Oh, you lanky sod. <laughs> you know, and that's that like, means and he I, likes and you. And, and he's a fan, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, thanks. That's where yeah. Bean got it from. Bean was born in England uh-huh. and is the king of the backhanded compliment. Yeah. Right. That's where he got it and from. And I sometimes also get just, uh, you know, for those who don't know, I, I was one of the co-creators of The Office. And so sometimes I'll just get people saying, Office. <laughs> yeah. How All are right. you supposed? What do yeah. you? What do you say to that? I don't know. Thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah. Appreciate. <laughs> um, speaking of the Rock and speaking of uh, wrestling, we in the last uh, the last segment, Stephen talked about how he wasn't at all familiar or a fan with wrestling growing up, but the Rock kind of opened his eyes to it, and you went with him to a WrestleMania event in Texas. I went to WrestleMania in Texas with Dwayne, and a um, hundred thousand people there. It was extraordinary. Did, did well, the they night- have it at the Cowboy Stadium? Is that where it was? Yes, that's right. That's right. The oh night my before, God. we went and they were sort of rehearsing and we met, um, you know, the emperor of WWE, Vince McMahon, uh-huh. who um, is what is like 73 and it was midnight and he was just eating a very rare steak <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> no, nothing else. No <laughs> fries, no salad, just meat ketchup, at though. midnight. Ketchup, though. Maybe catch up. Yeah, I know that one well. Ooh. And then, the, yeah, the following day, um, I, I, that was my first real experience of uh, of wrestling in, in on that scale, and a hundred thousand people, like you're saying, going absolutely crazy for anything that happened in the ring. Uh, Dwayne came out. I call him Dwayne. Sure. Uh, <laughs> DJ, DJ, DJ came out. Uh-huh. DJ came out, and he uh, had a flamethrower. And he set fire in, to, an eight, to an eight-foot <laughs> sign of his name. And he didn't say a word for about ten minutes. And the fans were screaming the entire time. It was extraordinary. Wow. Can you imagine having such control over a crowd that you don't need to speak sort of. for ten minutes? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I pitch an idea? Please. Next WrestleMania, he comes out, does it again, The Rock. But then you come out shirtless and you do it and it says Stephen Merchant. Yeah. On the other side. Sure. I used to write WWE, so I know that's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. But you got fired, right? I, yeah. Well, I left on my own, but sure. it's also called that's fired. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, have, I have developed my own wrestling persona. Well, can I hear it? You want to hear about this? Please. You know, someone who knows about Please. WWE. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that Dwayne told me is an important thing in, in, in developing your persona is you've got to sort of take a part of yourself and amplify it up to 100. Sure. And I thought to myself, well, what am I? I'm a British writer. So I would come out dressed as Shakespeare. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have a white ruff so, around the neck, yeah. but shirtless, as yeah. you say. Yeah. Um, I'd have 
the quill and some parchment, I would say things, my catchphrases would be things like, um, to beat you or not to beat you. That is the question. Brilliant. I would be known as, get this, my name, my stage name would be a play on my last name, Merchant, and the play The Merchant of Venice. Great. I'd be called Merchant of Menace. Oh! And wait for this, wow. wait for this. So far. You need a finishing move. You always need a finishing sure. move. Right. So I would get out a skull and, I, and everyone would be like, oh, it's Yorick. And I'd be like, oh, Yorick, <laughs> yes. I knew him. All the wrestling fans. They, they, they would all have, they would all have that. And then, and then my finishing move, play on Hamlet, Slamlet. Hey, good. <laughs> all right. Wow. Wow. Right. wow. That's that. electrifying. Yeah, That's put some uh, work into that. I, I like have. it. I like it. When do you start? <laughs> I just got to do a little bit of uh, upper body work, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, speaking of upper body work, the guy who plays the trainer for NXT, for the WWE developmental training sessions, yes. is Vince Vaughn. That's right. And it is such a great return to form for him. Like, I'm such a Vince Vaughn fan, and I'm always rooting for him to pick the right movies, and I feel like this is such a good fit. Is he Was he always in your guys' mind for that? Um, I... I've, one of the sort of reasons I got into this business was I was very inspired by Swingers, mm -hmm. that movie he made Same. back in the day. Yeah. When he Same. sort of came on the scene, no one had seen him before. He was just um, extraordinary and charismatic and so entertaining and funny. I've been a fan ever since. Um, his name came up in the in the casting process, and I was like, "That's a inspired choice because we wanted someone with the wit, with the kind of sharp." Uh, attitude and the humor, but someone also who can play, you know, this, as you know, a lot of those kind of trainers are former wrestlers themselves. They're often a little bit broken or maybe they never quite got the breaks. And so Vince, I think, particularly as he's getting older, he can play that kind of lived in quality yeah, little as grizzled. well. A little grizzled as yeah. well as, as do the humor. And, and, and I, it was a pleasure to work with him. There was that scene friend. in the hallway where The Rock is talking to Paige about him and you, he just doesn't say a word, but you can see it all in his yeah, face. He's it was really, really great. He's really terrific. He's, yeah. he's just yeah. a great, great guy. And Nick Frost, tell, uh, I, I assume you were friends with him forever, right? You'd think so, wouldn't you? But no, we <laughs> you guys would run in the same circles. No, well, we, we, yes, we, we, we sort of. It's like ships passing in the night. We've mm -hmm. never quite um, made it happen. But uh, you know, Nick, it turns out, is one of the only people involved with the project who knew anything about wrestling and was willing okay. to jump in. And um, and uh, you know, I just, I, he's hilarious. He's brilliant. He's also got amazing warmth. But also, I knew there, I could sense there was like a little bit of toughness that we could tap into as well, which the the real father has, yeah. mainly violence. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so uh, yeah, he was just a he was just an absolute blast. When you got people like Vince and and Nick, you know, you 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 just any, everything they do is just an added bonus. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know? It's crazy, and it's crazy how good this is. And again, I want to say you don't have to care about wrestling because no, it's really right. a story about family. That's right. That's and right. Loving each other and having really difficult situations with each other. Yeah, exactly. You guys are going to uh, love it. You're going to really love it. It's in theaters everywhere now called Fighting With My Family. Before you go, Mr. Merchant, two things. One is, uh, what are you doing next? Do you know? Uh, well, I'm off to England to, to, to be in a very serious drama um, in which I play a serial killer, a real-life serial is killer. Is that right? Yeah, oh. yeah which is going to be a real tough job. And uh, and then, you know, I'm looking for another film project. But given that this one began life when the biggest movie star in the world sent me a documentary, I'm sort of hoping <laughs> yeah, another major film star will do the same. You know? that. Yeah, that's how I'll, I just sit by the mailbox waiting there. <laughs> All right. Let it come to you. Uh, thing two, before you go, Kevin is going to fire uh, rapid fire questions at you for 60 seconds Perfect. you just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind are you ready i'm always ready 60 seconds with stephen merchant what did you want to be as a kid i wanted to do exactly what i'm doing right now comedy really? 
radio, f film, everything. Yeah. What was your first real job? Uh, well, I worked for a magazine doing film reviews. What was your favorite band of all time? Oh, of all time? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Does it have to be a band or can it be a solo artist? Fine. I think it's probably Bruce. It's, it's the boss. Okay. Uh, Ricky Gervais, a pile of hot gas, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, is, that an, is that an American phrase I've not heard of? Uh, I've, never, I've never heard of it. No, I've never hot heard of it. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, well, it would be uh, Thunder Road by, by The Boss. Do you have a tattoo? I do not have a tattoo. Thanks for asking. What would you think of somebody who got a tattoo of Queen Elizabeth? Um, I would think um, that it's exactly what one should do, and it shows the kind of respect that the woman deserves. <laughs> Not Thank the answer you. I was thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Do you have That's any? Do, do you have any hidden talents? No, all the talents I have, I make use of all the time. Um, that's all I have. <laughs> Thank you for endorsing my upcoming uh, Queen Elizabeth tattoo, Stephen. I appreciate that. Sir. Great to have you back on the program. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Allie's got what's happening. All right. Remember at uh, 5.50 when I gave you a Jesse Smollett update? Yes. Yeah. We've got another one. Oh, there's more. We uh, we now uh, get beat up again? seem to have a motive. Okay. You ready for this? So wait, he's yeah. he's uh, he's actually saying that he did it? Well, he is in jail. We don't know that, but he is currently arrested and he'll be posting bail soon, I'm sure. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah. According to Chicago police officials, he wrote the fake letter and paid for a staged attack because, quote, he was dissatisfied with his salary. He was unhappy wow. with his salary on Empire and thought maybe all of this, like, love coming his way for being the victim of a racially and homophobic attack would make people think, oh, wow, we should pay him more. He's now F such a bigger star. so hard. This is, it got, it got worse. I didn't think it could get worse. Wow. I can't even connect the dots between those two points that he's making. I, think is, he I don't make be, enough money and like, I want to be a sympathetic figure. Yeah, is it like likability and yeah. hey, he's got a higher profile? He becomes yeah. a uh, you know, like a, a face for this kind of hatred that he falsified. I mean, I think it just gets his recognizability up. Instead, <sighs> I honestly believe that it plants a little bit of doubt in everybody's mind Absolutely. for every... 100%. All, all the victims that come forward now, yeah. everybody's going to go, yeah, but there was that one guy. Uh, he and did a horrible. huge disservice to, to everyone from this point on. Not um, only... There are real, definite lines that you do not cross. He said. Um, obviously, everybody's, you know, trying to get ratings, trying to get noticed, trying to be this and that. But there are lines that you just don't cross, and that's one of them. Mr. Smollett, how could you say that? Right? This is just, it's just so gross. And that statement is from the Chicago police, right? I yeah. hope he gets the max. I know that doesn't happen very often on a first offense, but I don't just think considering so the damage. Jail time. Technically, second offense, right? Because he got pulled over he for DUI. He did lie to police before. Yeah, and lied okay. to police, yeah. In a different state, though, so I don't know if that weighs in. But yeah. we'll see what happens. But, I mean, he certainly loses his, his empire job, right? Oh, oh easily. Hello. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But we all know how short of memories people have in Hollywood, and he'll probably be uh, hosting the Oscars in five years. Hey, by the way, any charges against the Nigerian brothers who accepted money to fake an attack? I think most likely, be, and I'm uh, again, I'm not a lawyer, because they were the ones that came in and said, listen. Yeah, they gave everything. Give me immunity yeah. and let me tell okay. you everything that happened. That makes sense. I mean, I watch a lot of How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> you so. do. Right, right. And let me just say, Jesse, as someone that watches a lot of Dateline, you did everything wrong. 
Like everything wrong. So you're criticizing the way he did it? Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. crime better. If you're going to put a hoax on, uh, call me. I will walk <laughs> you through some steps. Avoid rope. And uh, when you're going to have two Nigerians playing the part of MAGA bros, and you're in Chicago during a polar vortex getting a subway at 2 a.m., and you're saying it's MAGA country in Chicago? Do that in North Dakota in June. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, it. nothing adds up. It was all bad. Next time, come to Allie and she'll plan oh, for Oh, there it. should be no next time. Please, there, God, tell me. This is just bad. It's all very bad. But you know what's good? The Lonely Island announcing their first ever multi-city tour. All right. <gasps> They're going to yeah! unite for an eight-date U.S. jaunt. It's going to kick off, of course, in Bonnaroo on June 15th. And then they're going to go to D.C., Philly, New York City, Brooklyn, Boston, Detroit, and Minneapolis. What? Wait. Hmm? There's a large part of I the country that's a, missing there. Wait. But the, Is there an L.A.? No. Southern California? Hopefully they're going to have such a blast during these whopping two weeks of this <laughs> tour. And they'll add more dates. But come on, man. Right? Come on, Andy. And Akiva and Trauma. Yeah. Give the drummer some. That's what I'm saying, you guys. <laughs> what? Um, this is uh, this is a concerning story. So uh, Carl Lagerfeld, he uh, passed away on Tuesday. He's the 85 year old fashion icon, right? Chanel and fatality. Right. Um, you know who could inherit a big chunk of his estimated 125 million dollar fortune? Uh, please be the cat. And deserves every cent. Please be the cat. By the way, please be the cat. It's the cat. Yeah! <laughs> oh, man. The cat, Chopette, is the cat's yeah. name. Um, apparently, um, he never knew he would love this cat as much as he did. Even he oh. admitted, like, this cat became something huge oh. for him. But Big he, Instagram star, too, that cat. Yeah. He had said uh, in an interview that he was going to leave the cat the majority of his money. And he said, don't worry, there's enough for everyone. But oh. just so you know, the, the life this cat lives... Um, the cat has two maids that groom her four times a day. She also enjoys the same meals um, or enjoyed the same meals as Carl Lagerfeld at the dining table. And she lounges on a $13,000 sofa, just her own little cat sofa. And when traveling, uh, she rides in a $1,900 Louis Vuitton cat carrier. So I, the way Look. I feel is... Chopette is used to a certain lifestyle and Look, should be able to keep up with it. I understand now that daddy's it's, gone. It's his money and I should have no say over this, but come on. It's insane. It's insane. Come I mean, on. don't be a hater. Come on. Oh, you want your pet to just be poor now? Yes. You think that that pet can go back to eating yes. normal cat food? Yes, right? I do. No. He lives a certain lifestyle. We have to live it. Okay. I'll have you ever wanted to lick your cat? <laughs> <laughs> One of the maids right there. <laughs> what if it was a dog, though? I'd feel better if it was a dog. Not yeah, me. Of course, I, because dogs yeah, are better. But yeah. No, no, no. I think a cat would do better with that kind of responsibility. <laughs> he wouldn't lose his head? Yeah. Her head? I think they'd keep it under, you know. Yeah, understand. the dog would be doing like a ton of blow, having orgies yeah. and stuff. You're right. You're right. Girls who love cats. Okay. Right. Hey, let's talk about some birthdays, shall we? C-3PO, you guys. Anthony C-3PO. Daniels. C-3PO. Right. Now, was he the only character who was in all of the Star Wars movies? The prequels, the originals, and then the follow-ups? I believe Like one through nine? I believe so, yes. I think, I think that's, the, that's the Star Wars trivia. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. 
Uh, Sophie Turner, Jordan Peele, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ellen Page, Kelsey Grammer. Did I name them already? I get confused, you guys. Um, uh, you did. That's what's happening. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. Calpan always requests a Toto cover whenever he, he comes in on the Kevin Beach show. I don't know what that's about. Correct. Well, then he picked the right radio station. <laughs> <laughs> we were happy to play it for you. He is a, a very fine actor and longtime friend of the program. He can currently be seen on Designated Survivor and also the host of a new Amazon series called The Giant Beast. That is the global economy, which is a terrible and boring title for an <laughs> awesome show. Thank you. I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to be flipping around looking for something fun and go, oh, yeah, let's get a deep dive into how the interest rates work. You don't have you any know? control over that? None. I'm not okay. a producer. I'm All not right. a writer. Mm. I'm just the lackey. Did you bring who, it up uh, at some point? Well, you know, I, it, there were a couple of other titles, but then I also felt like I was wrong when they titled Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Because mm-hmm. it's called Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. <laughs> right, right, and at the right, time, right. you know, it was like a small, low-budget movie. Like, right. this is the worst title I've ever <laughs> heard in my so life. So you don't and trust yourself so, so I don't much. trust myself. So I'm like, nah, let me just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cal, we're going to talk about the series. I'm uh, very excited. Uh, I loved the first episode so much, and I'm moving Thank to Delaware. You. But um, let's, let's start with talking about uh, tattoos, because we just had a conversation with Stephen Merchant right before you came in. I don't know if you got a chance to say hi to Stephen. But he was in, very much in support of my decision to get a tattoo of Queen Elizabeth. That's oh, my so first surprised ever by tattoo. <laughs> well, he's a good British lad. Sure. Um, you, not so much. You're you're voting no on my Queen Elizabeth tattoo. I am voting a hard yes on you getting a tattoo. Okay. And I think you should get what you want. I'm just okay. not a huge... What if what he wants is the queen? Well, then I'll support that. I'm just not a huge queen fan. And that's because, that's, you know, as an American, we're you know, kindred we, spirits. Yeah, we, we, we freed ourselves of the reins of brutal colonialism. My grandparents did the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'm not a big Queen fan. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> not, dark, no, I can't stand her. I mean, now I'm worried I'm going to get into bar fights now with no, people no, it's who, not who are like anti-royalists. No, I sure I, hope you get in bar fights, Bean. <laughs> All right, you waited until you were after 40 as well to get your first tattoo. Tell me that story. Uh, So I just, you know, I've wanted tattoos since I was probably 20, 22. And first you think as an actor, you should not get a tattoo because it's going to prevent you from getting work. And then knock on wood, you're past that point. We're like, all right, they're not going to not cast you if you have tattoos. They'll cover them up. So I finally got a couple of tattoos. I'm a big astronomy nerd, so I wanted, uh, you know, I just wanted no regrets. I'm like, when I'm now, You got a I'm tattoo that said reg- no regrets? I, I did. I spelled it wrong. And everything. <laughs> oh, it was great. The weird thing, though, it was Pluto, and he's like, no! <laughs> Not a Pluto, a planet forever, he got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, what's your tattoo? There are a bunch from the um, NASA Voyager spacecraft. Okay, nerd. I have the same one. Pulsar map. Nerd. Yeah. Well, you say nerd, except I could not explain the math behind it as much yes. as I love it. You're, you're just a fan. Just a Voyager just a fan. fan. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. you're trying to run away from bullies. Like, uh, I don't know the math, guys. No, no, no. The, ru- <laughs> the running away from bullies is why I became funny. That was the, yeah. Good point. Good point. So, Cal, um, how did you become a documentarian? Because you have a very successful career and lots of lots of acting jobs. What made you want to be a TV host as well? Uh, so this one I thought was kind of interesting because it was Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were producing it. And uh, it, it was a show that was going to look into the global economy. And when I first sat down to talk to the producers about it. I was like, you guys know I know nothing about economics, right? Like, well, you worked at the White House. I'm like, uh, should I I shatter the notion that that means that I'm smart? (laughs) Yeah, Sarah Uh, Sanders works at the White House, you guys. (laughs) 
It's like I didn't work on economic policy. So, uh, but but the idea that you could, and they said, look, we want somebody who uh, has a natural curiosity about these things, but truly doesn't understand how cryptocurrency or money laundering or things like that work, because you'll be out there interviewing people who have experienced all of these things, and if that appeals to you, yes. And I I had done one small um, documentary short that I produced for uh, Vice a couple of years ago about the Mississippi state flag. And the experience was pretty incredible because that immersive sort of discreetly taking a camera into, you know, we got invited to a Confederate flag rally in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Fascinating um, to spend a day with folks like that and, and talk about what they're passionate about. I bet you were very popular walking in. <laughs> I, actually, I bet they, they were, enjoy brown-skinned people a lot in that meeting. There was a... Uh, they were super friendly. I mean, that was... that. Like, did the they ch- know you? Yes. And they recognize you as... Yeah, but that's like me going through TSA now is a very different experience than if I wasn't an actor. <laughs> it would be the same thing. You know what I mean? So I, I take that with a grain of salt. I fully understand the privilege okay. that I'm bringing to this. Uh, also, I'm, I'm coming in there with cameras. You know sure, what I mean? Right. Sure, right. If there were that. no... Yeah. So, uh, but that experience overall I thought was interesting because you get to see a side of these types of conversations that you don't typically get to see in a short article or, you know, a, a network TV news. Um, so I thought, yeah, what the heck? I, I don't know anything about the global economy. I get to go to 12 different countries and talk to some super crazy, interesting people and, and why not? And That's it's cool. done in a way that is so accessible to people like you said that might not know about it. You feel like you're learning along with you and it's, I don't want to say it's like economics for dummies, but it really is the way that you guys map things out I felt after the money laundering episode, I was like, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to be really good at this. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that was what what I really appreciated about our guests that we had. You know, there's a guy named Felix Sater who, if you Google him, a lot of fascinating and very relevant things come up. But we weren't there to talk to him about politics. We were there to talk to him about money laundering, which he had done back in the day. And he explained that the reason that it uh, it continues is because the economic system needs to function. So the more regulations you put in place to stop money laundering, you're also going to stop legitimate businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are willing to take the risk to launder money. They just know that they're probably not going to get caught. Yeah. This coming from a guy who got caught, right? Sure. So it's a. They were very. It's very hard to get people to talk about these things on camera unless they've been busted for it before. But the ones who have been busted seemingly really regret what they've done and want to make amends. And so that they've shared a whole bunch of stuff that you just can't get from uh, from Cal, Oracle. Was there really a million dollars in that bag? There was not. Okay. Oh, I was yeah. very nervous. Oh, for you. Liar. There was two million dollars. <laughs> uh, when you talk about money laundering, I think the thing that shocked me the most from the episode is how much of the economy is locked into money laundering. Yeah. More than like the entire farming industry. Yeah, there's a lot, and it's you know it's, it's global. The craziest thing for me was how much of it, it comes through the United States. Yes, because yeah. I always assumed, well, that's probably so dangerous. Yeah. 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 yeah, like no, just go to Delaware. Yeah, oh, we're the number right. one country in the world. You said for money laundering. That's what they said. I should say. So yes, I'm just <laughs> right. gonna. I, I, but again, this is like the, the thing that you discover is talking to these experts and economists, and they're all like, America is the number one place for this. I'm like, wow. wow, why are we let in me, Cyprus? Uh, yeah, let me play a clip from uh, from episode number one, the one where. We're discussing about the money laundering again. This is on Amazon Prime. It debuts tomorrow called This Giant Beast. That is the global economy. And I think you can tell the kind of sense of humor that Cal brings to it because he's sitting in a lawyer's office in Cyprus and he's trying to launder a million bucks. And one of the things that you have to do is come up with a name for your company. And I think we all know where Cal's mind goes. (laughs) George and his family have agreed to walk me through the process of finally starting my own company. I'm anxious to see just how elastic the new regulations are. 
So do you have any specific name in mind for your company? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the 69 Brothers. 69, <laughs> very okay. interesting so, name. Yeah. That's very specific. You like that? Oh, very like brothers. Very uh, it is very specific. It is very specific. So yeah. basically, now we're just going to search into the registrar record. Okay, so she's googling sixty nine brothers. Don't do that. You don't yeah. want to Google <laughs> sixty nine brothers. That was my favorite part because they were looking to see if there's any other business named sixty nine brothers. I'm like, don't make her Google it. Yeah. No. I, so you know, I'm a giant man child, and so. <laughs> That joke is still it's funny nice. to me. It probably yeah. won't it's still ever funny to us as well. Wait, there's a. I, I think in the episode about death, uh, I got to spend a day uh, with these barnacle goose barnacle fishermen off the coast of Spain. Like you do, crazy. Yeah, like one does. And these crazy rough waters. These guys are like 26, 27. I'm like, and they, you know, I don't speak Spanish. They don't speak English. We had uh, an interpreter with us. I'm like, I, I just want to know if the '69 joke. Translates, <laughs> and we had uh, we had Anthony Bourdain's uh, Spain translator, so he knew how to translate jokes from his okay. years working with with Anthony, and and, uh, and so we we said it, and they you know there's like a delay, and then they laughed. And then they explained the Spanish version of 69ing. So oh, I was like, okay, okay, all right, good. It holds up. <laughs> it holds up, everybody, in the show about global economics. Uh, they do it the same way, though, right? I mean, there's not some different Spanish way of doing it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> okay, it's hard. I gotcha. you got to be limber. Cal Penn is our guest. We have much more to discuss with him, including your visit to the Dildo Factory right here yes. in Los Angeles. Right, when right we return, here, yeah. Right after the Sun came out. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. Cal, I know we ask you this uh, every time you're in, but you do or do not keep in touch with your former boss, uh, President Barack Obama. Uh, I mean, we don't text every day, but I I, uh, I saw him when actually when we were in, uh, we did a week in D.C. for the show, for this mm-hmm. giant beast. So oh, fantastic. Stopped in to see him. Because we're going to talk about the Zion Williamson injury last night, uh, coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, and I don't know if you saw any of the footage of that, that Duke-UNC game. But President Obama was the biggest rock star in the world at that thing last night. Like, he had to high-five everyone in the building yeah, I bri- to get to his seat. I briefly saw a clip on my way to the shower this morning on Twitter. And then I put the phone away and was like, I got to get over here. <laughs> uh, but it apparently was like, yeah, it's like. A fun festive when thing, Ma- right? when Michelle Obama came out at the uh, Grammys, it was the return of Christ. It was yeah. people stood up and she's the their... biggest star in the room. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the text thing she posted with her mom? No. Where her yes. mom was like, "You're a real celebrity." Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, really, mom? She didn't get I it. I told until you the I was going to the Grammys. <laughs> it took this long. Yeah. yeah. But Michelle, did you meet any famous right, people? Right. That's what I want to know. Exactly. It, was so, it must be like that for them everywhere they go, though. I would imagine. I would right? imagine. Yeah. People are, for the most part. I mean, I guess there are certain parts of the country maybe not as well received. Your sure. uh, your clan meeting you went to in Mississippi. I don't know. They'd be happy to see you there. <laughs> but uh, it was just it was. I thought about you when I saw him last night. High five at everybody. I thought <laughs> yeah. you probably missed that that energy. You know. Yeah. Uh, All right. Spe- speaking of uh, speaking of politics, Designated Survivor, which is one of Kevin's favorite shows. Canceled, but then brought back from the dead. Yeah, uh, ABC canceled it. I think our numbers for network TV were probably kind of lukewarm, but we had been. I did my part. That's you, all thank I know. you, thank uh-huh. you. Uh, it had been airing on Netflix globally anyway, so the only network that it was on was ABC here, and then a network called CTV in Canada. Netflix had it forever well, so after ABC dropped it, Netflix picked it up for a shorter ten episode season that we just finished. So, season three, I assume, coming sometime this spring. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say, s- since it's now a Netflix show, 
All of you who are watching it with your children, please do not watch this with your children. <laughs> okay, oh. interesting. It's very Netflixy in as an actor, selfishly, like the best way because it's a lot more honest, but it's a lot more graphic also. And so, you know, your 11 year old, no, your 16 wow. year old, yeah, of course. But President Peen. Oh yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's Netflix, man. You can get it. <laughs> that is, that's fantastic. Uh, my favorite part about the show about uh, Designated Survivor is that now when they have these speeches, it becomes big news who the designated yes. survivor is, yes. which didn't happen before your no. show. Yeah, so true. now this last time, everyone was like, who is it? And then it was like, oh God, it's Rick Perry. <laughs> like everyone, it becomes a bit such more a, awareness. A way yes. more aware of what happens, God forbid, <laughs> and the terrible person you'll probably get that's yeah. eight down the line. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, the game of like, which least bad person is it going to be? You're probably one of the few people who ever worked in the real West Wing and also a TV West Wing. Does that ever cross your mind when you're doing a scene and you're like, "Hey, I've been in this room for reels before"? A little bit, because I, you know, I I loosely consulted on uh, Designated Survivor, um, which doesn't, you know, for fiction it doesn't really mean much. You just sort of say you give the writers the parameters of here's what would really happen and here's what wouldn't in this room, and then of course it's fiction, so you sort of go with it from there. Um, yeah. But it was surreal because our the the set designers made a, a scale of the Oval Office. I mean, everything was in the right place, so it was a little surreal walking in I'll there. Bet. Yeah. 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 Between takes, you're like putting your feet up on the desk and laying down on the couch. <laughs> it just feels wrong. It should feel wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Cal Pettis, our guest here on the Kevin Bean Show in our remaining uh, moments. I want to get back to the This Giant Beast that is the Global Economy, your new series on Amazon, which is premiering uh, tomorrow. Um, I mentioned you went to a dildo factory here in Los Angeles. We did. I'm trying to think... What the topic could have been for that? Is it how much Americans spend on sex toys? <laughs> on sex? We, we covered a little bit of it. It's a company uh -huh. called Doc Johnson in the Valley, and they sure. uh, they have a reputation. <laughs> they have a, they're a family-owned business, I think second or third generation now. They have a reputation for being really good to their employees. Now, I, I feel like particularly in this day and age, like are, are really giving accolades to people who are normal, good people. <laughs> but in the business yes. community, yeah, mm -hmm. we yeah. sort of should shout them out, right? Um, and so it's this cool story of it was started in the 70s where you might imagine sex toys were incredibly taboo and nobody could even talk about it on a show like this. And uh, the guy who runs it now, his dad started it, dad or grandfather. Um, and they, you know, they, uh, their employees, they retain pretty much through their entire lives. Uh, they're very well liked, very well rated. And so we wanted to also talk about the, the, the incentives behind that. And they were saying, look, you know, happy employees are, uh, we, there's a reason why we, cultivate humans who we love. Why don't no, more businesses think that way? I, it I thinks know. even selfishly, productive. even selfishly, even selfishly right? for yeah. their own profits. Right. You would think they would think that yeah, way. Yeah, like sort of why wouldn't you, right? right. That episode, Makes we, no sense. we talked to this uh, this woman who's an artist, um, and she was making a, a fist toy while we were in there, <laughs> like carving it out of clay. She's this awesome Is there a woman. tester? They're, uh, <laughs> they have... Yeah. I you were limping when you came in today, Cal. <laughs> I asked them about that, and they were like, you know, we, we take them home every now and then. I was like, good, you should. Just because I'm like, some of these things, I'm like, this is injurious, no? This would, like, seriously damage somebody. Like, no, not really. The human body is fascinating. Like, okay, All right. good. Take your word for that. Good. Um, but they, you know, she's been with them for 20 years, uh, and, you know, they're like siblings at that point. The, the cool thing was, on the manufacturing line, there were people who, you know, were like my parents' age with no sense of irony, which is good. Like, none of this should be taboo. Making dildos and, and putting them in the molds and 
you know, waving them up to dry. And as a man child, that is funny for five minutes. <laughs> of course. And then you realize this is actually pretty great because shouldn't we all live in this world where these things, A, are not taboo and people are being paid fairly for their work? So it was, it was nice to spend yep. a day with them. Yeah, that's it. You have a weird job, Cal. You really do. <laughs> yeah, you really I, do. I watched a really weird job. I, I got a screener of that episode and watched it with uh, some family and friends this weekend. And your forgot. grandparents? I my hope. parents were sitting next to me. <laughs> okay, with my aunt and uncle, and I forgot that that. Uh, segment was in there, and I immediately just started taking video of their reactions to share with my brother. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. I like that you weren't thinking of skipping that part. No, you no, were just no. going to video no, that. No, it's done. They'll hear about it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the series is really entertaining, you guys, and you'll actually learn something as well. Amazon Prime, this giant beast that is the global economy, and look for this spring on Netflix, the next season of Designated Survivor. Cal, we always enjoy when you have the opportunity to stop by the Kevin Bean Show. Thanks so much for your time. Same here. Thanks for having me. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Am I giving you heart palpitations here in Nirvana right now? Is this a triggering event for you after what you went through last night on social media? Listen, I uh, I retweeted my friend Matt Oswalt, who goes by <laughs> at Matt Oswalt VA. He's Patton's brother. Dare I say the funny Oswalt? <laughs> no. Um, he tweeted something that it, every year it goes viral, and every year people correct people with this. It's a uh, mural of David Spade. And then on the side of David Spade, it says, It's better to burn out than fade away. Kurt Cobain, rest in peace. <laughs> Still Which so is funny. great on every level. Still funny to me. So he, of course, tweets that out and writes, Happy birthday, Kurt Cobain. Your words and image will never will never be forgotten. <laughs> Which, Which is funny. It's funny because it's David Spade, and that quote is a Neil Young quote. Whether, you know, you, whether you're aware that it was near the suicide, like whether you're aware of all that, it's still not his words or his picture. <laughs> but the responses to hit, he had 3.7 thousand people telling him, ah, oh, dude, that's David Spade. <laughs> like, as if he didn't know it. David Spade became a U.S. trend <laughs> on Twitter last night because of that tweet. That's funny. It just, it blew my mind. And I responded under it because it's one of the funniest things that happens every year. I responded, you're such a good painter, Matt. <laughs> and people were so, like, mad at me for that. But um, I think one of my favorite ones was somebody was like, ah, uh, that's David David Spade and I'm like next you're gonna tell me that those aren't even his words <laughs> and then I wrote next you're gonna tell me that he didn't say Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall <laughs> we know it was him and people were like god this chick is real dumb <laughs> like it's it's just concerning to me that nobody <laughs> the internet is is ready to pounce on anything but they don't even think through could, could it be a joke they just see a mistake yeah, and they yeah. just pounce. But when you're one up on him, it feels good. But right? I don't understand how anyone ex goes to Matt Oswalt's account looking for sincerity. Right. <laughs> you know? Very true. Not Very either. true. I don't mean, yeah. Like you expect it to be funny if he if he posts. Yeah, I think a lot of people also quote tweeted it and were like, "Uh, it's David Spade, dude." So a lot of people didn't know Matt or didn't follow him. Oh, to I see. Know. So somebody so else was. I did one once that ended really badly, where I was like, "I just found out that Brandon Lee died because of a crow on the set of The Crow. That's crazy." But like clearly, that's not what happened. He no. was shot by a uh, like a fake gun. You know, a piece of it fell off right. and went through him. 
And I would tell you for, I don't know, three months, people were all over me. He died from a gun, not a crow. Oh, and I'd be no. like, yeah, but he was it, the crow. Like, I, right. he's, he was the crow, and a crow right. killed him. And, I mean, it went on for months. You double, tripled, quadrupled down. Oh, I just kept going. You Jesse Smollett-ed that joke. Yep. Yeah. You sure did. He's now a verb. Exactly. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm sure it was an exasperating evening for, for you, Allie. But you have uh, <laughs> almost a year until you have to go through it again. I know. Next year, good but you stuff. certainly will. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you got to do it. Got to do it. Oh, you can't avoid it. No, you guys. Season thirty-eight of Survivor kicked <laughs> off last night. Oh my god, that's insane. Season thirty-eight. I've seen one season. That's insane. The first season, which was like, I wouldn't give you water, or whatever. You know that famous speech she gave at the end for Richard Hatch. Right. It's the only one I've ever seen. Right. Uh, that show has. I don't watch it anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, by all accounts, has been consistently. Pretty great. Yeah. Oh, the positive. ratings are always great. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a reason why they keep, I mean, some seasons are more beloved than mm-hmm. others, but it's, it, it's not like it sucks anymore, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this. I read this quote from Jeff Probst talking to Entertainment Tonight about the twist this year. And I was like, whoa, that's actually, that might be worth watching. He said the idea behind Edge of Extinction was to see how far players were willing to go emotionally and physically to play this game. Once a player is voted out, they will be faced with the decision. They can choose to go home or they can grab the torch, get on a boat, and head to an unknown island (laughs) in the middle of the night. (laughs) What awaits them there? is a big island of uncertainty. No information, very little in terms of shelter or supplies, so it's going to push the players like they've never been pushed before. So our camera's going to be there covering Absolutely. that it's as like well? It's okay. like a double survivor almost. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty cool. That's an amazing twist. Like, after 38 seasons, they're yeah. like, let's do something super cool. That's a good reinvention. Absolutely. I feel, like, I feel like The Bachelor hasn't done that in a way. Like, a show right. that's been on forever hasn't changed their format. That, I would watch. This, Yeah, when I read this, I was like, you know what? I'd love to see the first person that got the, okay, listen, go home. Or grab your torch, go to an island, you know nothing about it. If you're get a survivor, a don't 100% of the people go to that island? They've got to. I would oh, guess. Yeah. They've they got to. Because yeah. you want to still be playing in yeah, some of course. Yeah. form. Even though that island is filled with nothing but tigers, you don't know that <laughs> when you make Tiger that decision. Tiger Island, which is weird. <laughs> oh. Wouldn't that, would that be a crazy twist? filled with tigers. <laughs> or That's they, a show we could get behind. Or you send them to that island with the natives where no one has, no one's been there. <laughs> and they live in their own like That's sovereign like nation. Ultimate survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can make it onto the beach. Oh, oh, you thought like survivor like the show. Oh no, we're the show, but now <laughs> yeah. you actually actually survive. You have to live. Yeah, you, you have, to, have live. to live. Yeah. Oh man. Love it. I'm so into survivor right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you something else. There's no better host on television. Jeff Probst. Jeff Probst. Yeah, he's a killer. He's great. He's, great. he's yeah. incredible. Yeah. He makes it all look so easy. He does. Yeah, all right. I just wanted to talk about Jeff Probst for a while, yeah. Let's do it now. You're right. You know who would be really bummed to hear you saying that? 80 do. (laughs) 80 do would be really (laughs) upset checking out your pipes. Uh, Little guy that uh, hosts the other show. Chris Harrison? Talk about a lot. Phil Kogan? Yep. Thank you, Kevin. I didn't realize. Oh. I didn't realize you didn't know the name. Couldn't think of it. And I was like, the amazing survivor race. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Phil Kogan is also excellent, by the way. Who would you say is better if you had to pick? I don't know. We we have them both on the show all the mm-hmm. time. They're both such good guys. They're both great hosts. Yeah. My disappointment <laughs> is immeasurable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And my day is ruined. Kevin's playing that for himself. Yeah. Let Mm -hmm. me just say that um, without putting him in an order, I will say that they are number one and number two and the best hosts on television. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I like uh, a bold move. I think Andy Cohen is very good. I'm throwing him in the mix. Really? Yeah, I do. I think he's a great host. I've never, I don't care about any of those reunions or Real Housewives things, but I think he's funny in them. And I think that he gets consistently pressed for that weird show he does where people get drunk. I think he's good at interviewing. Yeah. I do. It's a hot take, guys. It's a real okay. hot take. Yep. Might da, 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 damn, son. Where'd you find this? Just throwing them out. Put it back in the oven for a while because right. it's nowhere near done. <laughs> oh, is that how you looked at it? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Chris Hemsworth is going to be starring as Hulk Hogan in an upcoming Netflix biopic. It took me... A lot to not do it during the Stephen Merchant interview. Multiple sure. times, yeah. for sure. Uh, I saw director, you reaching for it a couple I know. times. Tried. Director Todd Phillips, that's a, a good name for this. Um, it's all going to be on Netflix, you guys. That's right, brother. The deal took months to put together. It's going to include um, life rights to him, uh, with Hogan himself acting as a consultant to the movie, as well as executive producer. Ah. However, it will not delve into the wrestler's sex tape scandal or attempt to encompass Hogan's entire life, instead just focusing on the rise um, and his origin story. Hulkster, Hulkamania, all that. So no... <laughs> no N-words, no sex tape. So he's leaving out all the good stuff. No putting lotion on his daughter's back real creepily. No Bubba the Love Sponge. Nope. I know, I know. You never um, like it when you see a biography being made where the person yeah. who the movie is about is in a producer. No, it's the you don't want that yeah, at all. It's bad. I want to see who plays Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I can't wait. Hulk Hogan's best friend. He after matches. Uh-huh. I'll give you one guess what he did. He'd give him a haircut. Yep. Yeah. He'd have good been. reference. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Nice pull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, this is fascinating, and I kind of want to get the people that started this on the show. Okay. I, I don't understand how it wasn't a thing before, but we've all gone through horrible breakups. And really awful breakups when you live with a person, you then need to figure out, oh, God, who's going to move out? Like, what are we doing? How do we move? You've been talking to Donna. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) What's happening? You guys, there's a new concierge service that wants to help you through those tough times. The company is called Onward. It helps people who have just broken up with things like finding a new place to live, packing up your stuff, events to help you get your social life going again. So services started about 99 bucks for a 10-day plan. And then for uh, a little more, you get different things. Like they're going to um, help you furnish your house, get your electricity turned on. Like all those mundane things that you just don't really want to think about because you're so sad. And then for 500 bucks, you get new housing found for you, furniture put in your new home, customized new neighborhood guide, access to things like therapy or lawyers for three months. Who's going to get you your weird leather couch, though? Right. Exactly. I want to be that divorced dad. I'm saying this is an interesting concept. Idea. I've never, I it never even occurred to me that you'd want something like that. However, not everyone thinks it's a good idea. 
A relationship coach named Bella Gandhi said that we need to develop the strength to get through these kinds of traumatic experiences. Life is unfortunately filled with various traumas. It's part of being human. This isn't wiping out the trauma. It's just helping you get a, a new hand. apartment. Yeah, it's, it's not eternal and, sunshine. Yeah. And it's it's for people that maybe like don't have a lot of friends because their relationship became the whole thing. You don't have anyone to turn to once it all ends. What was it's, the name of the person? The expert? The expert was Bella Gandhi. Like Gandhi, like Gandhi? Spelled the same? It's G-A-N. Oh, close. That would be funny yeah. if that was what Gandhi's like great-great-granddaughter got into. She's a relationship expert yeah. now? That would like, be amazing. You didn't eat, but now I'm helping you with your feelings. <laughs> be better if she was a chef. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it launched in New York City. Plans for it to debut in different cities like L.A., San Francisco, Chicago during the year. I think it's fascinating. Onward. Okay. All right. All right. Whatever. Mm. I hate you all. No, no, I, I think it's fine no, for some Bean, people. No, Bean, no. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to accept it? Sure. I don't want you to care. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it a Bean. Bean, everybody. Some birthdays for you. Ellen Page, Kelsey Grammer, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Anthony Daniels, Sophie Turner, and Jordan Peele. And that's what's happening. We have a uh, hour of commercial-free music at 5 p.m. here on K-Rock. Thanks to the random act of helpfulness from the SoCal Helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. Um... It's going to be pretty huge. Yeah. Today was pretty huge. It was, yeah. yeah. I thought we'd be we'd be slacking tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we have Halsey and Youngblood coming to yeah! talk about their new song, 11 Minutes, which they do with Travis Barker as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's 7 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, Ray Romano was on tomorrow's show. Whoa. Nice. Yeah! Brand new internet roundup. Kids love Ray. And it's Friday, so keep it 100 tomorrow morning. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.